0: The Joyce Kaufman podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.
1: The of you, but there are some days when you just wake up and you know instinctively. And this was one of those days. I woke up with an attitude of gratitude. I wish it happened every day. Sometimes I try to force it. It's hard to do. But it was just one of those days when I thought, you know, even, even before I climbed out of bed, I was thinking to myself, you know, I have a bed. I have more than one pillow. I have clean sheets on my bed. When I stand up and walk into the kitchen, I have the coffee already set up. All I have to do is push a button. And then I'm going to have steaming hot coffee. And then I can, you know, I, I, it's just little things. I was just so grateful. Some days you just have that, right? I was thinking back to when we were freaking out. We didn't have paper towels. And did, we didn't have enough toilet paper. What are we going to do? At the beginning of that COVID nightmare that they'd like to rein, reinvigorate. And they made us all like uh, hoarders. You know, I got a storage locker full of paper towels and toilet paper now. I mean, never run out. But I woke up and I was so grateful. You know, and then I opened up my refrigerator and you can't even see the back of my refrigerator. Because I went shopping on Monday. So it's like fall. And I, I'm just so grateful today. And it won't last. <laughs> I, I wish it would but I'm healthy. I have a reasonable portion of my health today. I have a lot of friends who are going through some major health challenges. I got a friend who who, who literally smashed her knee and she, she owns her own business. She's on her feet all day. I don't know how she's going to do this, but I woke up thinking I'm okay today. Everything is in order. So I don't know why I'm sharing that with you other than to say, don't expect me to be ticked off at everybody today cuz I'm I'm just I'm just not I'm still frustrated I really am frustrated by all of the insanity that goes on from Tallahassee to DC you know why do we need a debate between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis have we ever done that before has there ever been like a red versus blue governor debate Without a higher purpose, like if if Gavin Newsom was a declared candidate for the presidency, because Ron DeSantis is, he's, you know, trying to get the nomination on the Republican side. Now, if Gavin Newsom declared that he was looking for the nomination on the Democrat side, maybe that would sort of make sense. But what is it now? Just like two guys sniping at each other? Is anybody going to watch that? I'm not. Is anybody going to watch the debate? which apparently seven people have qualified for the debate. Talk about lowering the bar just so you could have some people on the stage. And the one person who is actually the contender, he won't be on the stage. And then you got this, this doofy old man who's the President of the United States, Joe Biden, on the picket line today. Now, interesting, because he didn't say he was going there until Donald Trump said he was going there. Trump's scheduled to be there tomorrow. So all of a sudden, Joe Biden is on the picket line. You deserve a raise. Okay, not that anybody can afford a car right now. Not that anybody can get actually can get a used car anymore because people are holding on to their cars forever. I'm in the market, by the way, for a used car for my grandson. So if anybody's got a hoopty for sale, let me know. Email me, joyceradio at gmail.com. Can't be a total hoopty. It's got to be able to get him from one place to the other safely. But I'm looking at all of this insanity that's going on. Now we got that m- m- madman. We haven't talked about him in a long time. The The dude in the morning with uh, Mika Bajinsky. What's his name? Scarborough. Joe Scarborough. Now he accused the president of having told his people. I guess that means me. Who are his people? The MAGA people? Apparently he has told us that we should step up and assassinate Mitch McConnell or Mark Milley. Now, I listen to every Trump speech, I read every Trump tweet, every truth social entry. I, I follow Donald Trump closely because he is my candidate. At no point did I feel like I had to go out and hurt anybody. If he accuses General Mark Milley of treason well, treason is an executable offense, but an accusation or an allegation does not a criminal make. I don't think anybody in the audience thinks are uh, going to do something. You know, Claire McCaskill was up there on uh, that show this morning saying, oh, how can Republicans allow Donald Trump to get away with saying these things? What, what have your people... Said and done. That's the question. What have they actually done? Which endangered everybody? So it's just so frustrating to me to hear that kind of stuff. Where's the chairman of the Armed Services Committee? The ranking member? Where is he? Where is Joni Erst? Who stir served where are they? They're they're probably at home because Uh, What's his name? McCarthy couldn't get anything done, so he had a recess. Just saying. So the left is depressed, right? And they say they're depressed because of Donald Trump. Well, they are, but they're not telling you why they're depressed. They're depressed because it's looking more more and more and more and more and more and more like he is going to not only be the candidate, but that he has a really good chance of regaining the presidency, and they are frantic. They're shouting at the moon, braying. Is that the right expression? They just can't handle the fact that maybe the people will get to pick the president. They can't handle that. They Remember when it was Hillary Clinton? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I was told that Hillary Clinton... Was, the next, was going to be the next president. They had headlines already in all the major newspapers. The first woman president, Hillary Clinton. And last time I checked, uh, she never became the president. And they tried to cheat their way into that as well. But it didn't work. And Donald Trump became the president. And then they all went berserk. I was at the inauguration. I will never forget those crazy people, some of whom I actually know, Walking around with with hats on that look like female genitalia, and somehow they thought that that expressed something meaningful at a time when we had just elected a president. We had just elected a president. You may not like him. I didn't like lots of the presidents who got elected, but I didn't put like a penis on my head. It's insane. But that's what the left does. And then they get nuttier and nuttier and nuttier. You know, now it's like, oh, you can't can't get him into office because he'll throw everybody. All of his enemies will go to jail if reelected. I wonder why they suggest that might happen. Maybe because that's what they tried to do to him. And now Hunter Biden is suing Rudy Giuliani for hacking into and tampering with the laptop. The infamous laptop. I thought it wasn't his. Isn't that the line that that this wasn't his laptop anyway? But now he's suing Rudy for hacking into it. By the way, what they've done to Rudy Giuliani, and to some extent what Rudy Giuliani has done to himself, turned him into a cartoon character, is so sad because this is a man who held my hometown, New York City, together after 9-11. They called him America's mayor. He was so respected all over the country for the way he handled himself during that crisis. And now they just, they indict him and and they accuse him of everything short of, I don't know, raping the Statue of Liberty. And now Hunter Biden is suing him, even though it's not his laptop. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. And then the Speaker of the House of Commons in Canada, this Anthony Roda, he has a, a Ukrainian man who's sitting in the gallery at the parliament, and he calls him a hero because they apparently did some kind of ceremony because uh, Vladimir Zelensky was in there was in the gallery or in the Parliament and they he has this Yaroslav hunka who's 98 years old now mind you this is not a dangerous person but it's certainly not a hero. he was a a literally a in a Nazi unit during World War II so Justin Trudeau when they said whoa what you know what do you think about this?" He said, uh, it was deeply embarrassing, but, you know, he apologized. It's upsetting. The speaker has acknowledged his mistake and has apologized, but it's deeply embarrassing. Embarrassing? Can you imagine? I mean, I just always like to say, if Donald Trump had done that, they would right now be saying, oh my God, he's calling for the extermination of Jews. He's applauding Nazis. Nazis but it's the, you know the rules are all different for the left and the right and since you and I are on the right be careful be mindful because we don't know when they're going to come after you i love that they this they're attacking every single person and asking them uh, are you are you endorsing donald trump are you blah, 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 blah. they don't want to ask that of the stars of the Democrat party, are you endorsing Joe Biden? Because too many of them are going, "Eh, I gotta go over here and get a cup of coffee. So now today it's like, whoa, is uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor of Arkansas, refused to answer the question. What does that mean? She's the governor of Arkansas. Maybe she'll endorse a candidate once the nomination is in their hands. Unbelievable, but they don't care. They don't care because because they're all animals. Political animals is what they are. Not in this segment, but in the segment afterwards, I'm going to be talking with Lara Logan. She's got a new docu series about the January 6th events called "The Rest of the Story," and you know nobody wants to talk to her. Or some people, but very few. I saw the first episode, and now the second episode is out, and she goes deep into the story of Matthew Perna. Now, in case you, well, you know what, I'll let her tell the story in her own words um, because she can't be censored or silenced on the Joyce Kaufman Show nor on Truth uh, Not, uh, what is it, X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Don't forget to download our app, the 850WFTL app, and then you could have listened to my No Restraint podcast or you can listen to my regular podcasts or you can join Uh, and get on one of the contests and win some cool prizes or listen to Cool Dad Rules or the UAP or the Jen and Bill show, whatever you want. It's all there. Um, So download the app or go to the website, 850wftl.com. Let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. So I I was listening to the morning show and I was listening to Jen and Bill talking about Brian May, who, by the way, is actually Dr. Brian May, who was the guitarist of Queen. And he's also like, he's been knighted. So I think he's like, Sir Brian May now. Sir Dr. Brian May. But listen to this story. I mean, he is an astrophysicist, he's got a doctorate in astrophysics. Even saying astrophysics makes me like kind of giddy. And he just helped NASA gather the first ever asteroid sample to Earth. He was like literally part of the team that collected the sample from the asteroid Bennu, I mean that's the guy's seventy six years old, and he's he's helping NASA. I mean I'm just I'm mind my mind is boggled. I was always a Queen fan. I you know I I, I love the music Bohemian Rhapsody, but uh, he created stereoscopic images from the spacecraft's data that allowed the leader of the mission, Dante Loretta, and the team to locate a safe site to land and collect a sample. Now think about that. He couldn't be with the team when the when the uh, spacecraft actually landed because he was rehearsing for a Queen tour. But he says, my heart stays with you as this precious sample is recovered. After dropping off the sample capsule in Utah, this OSIRIS... REX is continuing its travels to study a different asteroid named Apophis, according to the Space Agency. The one thing about Bennu, though, that I didn't know and I couldn't find in any stories, but I believe it because Bill and Jen said it. <laughs> they don't just say stuff. They know. This Bennu is the asteroid most likely to hit us, to hit the planet. It's a 4.5 billion-year-old asteroid unbelievable so i don't know. i don't know how many of you are actually look up at the sky and the stars and think about space travel because i think a lot of people do even if you wouldn't admit it but jen is obsessed with space travel i have seen the shuttle take off and it is a singular kind of experience Although it was a little spooky for me when I went because it was after the Challenger uh, disaster. And so I was really nervous thinking like, oh gosh, what if something goes wrong? But nothing went wrong. And I got to see it and it was kind of it's interesting because you know sound and light travel at different speeds. and so you expect to hear and see things in a particular order and then you don't. So, but it was it was interesting. I, I, I wrote up there, it had to be a long time ago, because I wrote up there on my uh, Harley Davidson, and Lord knows I haven't driven one of those since uh, the accident. So had to be 18 years ago, something like that. Time really flies when you're having fun, right? I am having fun. This is a great job, and you're a great audience. Uh, and by the way, Elon Musk is is confirming that he and his former partner, she's not with him anymore, but they just had a third child together, and uh, I can never say his children's names, right? Uh, he, but he wrote on in a post on X, formerly known as Twitter, on Sunday, the child is called Tau Techno Mechanicus. What on earth? One is XAEAXII. The other is Exodark Sidereal Musk. And this one is Techno Mechanicus. They broke up in September of 2021. But the Canadian singer Claire Boucher says their relationship status is very fluid. They come together to make babies. Although, she did reveal that this baby, or not this baby, the middle baby, was born via a surrogate. And they nicknamed that one Y, the letter Y, because the first son is X. He's got five other kids, one of whom will not speak to him, <laughs> the transgendered one. But I keep populating the earth. Elon, we can only hope that some of those progeny will be as brilliant as you. And then we will maybe control artificial intelligence a little better than I suspect. Anyway, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Lara Logan, Emmy Award winning reporter. And she's got a new docuseries out and it's a must watch. So stay right where you are. All right. And welcome back. As I promised, I have Emmy Award winning reporter Lara Logan on the line. She is still definitely one of my heroes, because she continues to do reporting that other people are either fearful to do or simply uh, j- just don't have the, the guts to go in and get the story. The new Docu series that she's done, the rest of the story, is a different viewpoint of what happened on January 6th. Welcome to the show, Lara, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Well, I have to tell you, I saw the first uh, episode, and it broke my heart. I mean, this poor guy, um, really just got got had is the only thing I can say. But I haven't had a chance. Matthew Perna is his name, correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I haven't had a chance yet to see episode two. Two is it out already?
0: Yes, and we're working on episode three right now. I've been writing all through the night, so. That should be out on Thursday.
1: So tell the audience a little bit about what the perspective is that you took. And and I think they probably know who Matthew Perna is, but not as intimate as this series showcases him.
0: Well, you know, I'm a journalist. And so we don't really have a perspective um, on anything. We try to figure out what the truth is. And if we have an observation... Um, then I try to make very clear in the writing the way I did at 60 Minutes when I was there that, you know, we would say like we observed or, you know, mm-hmm. in our experience where well, you're making it very clear to the audience that you're separating, you know, your perspective from uh, what you know to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I called this show The Rest of the Story with Laura Logan because um, it's not, we're not saying that... Um, you know, what you know, everything you know about January 6th is a lie. We're just saying this is the rest of the story that that you haven't been told that might, um, you know, and I think what everybody wants is the whole story, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And when
0: you know the whole story, that's kind of when you get, the closer you get to the whole story, the closer you get to the whole truth. Right. That's sort of um, logical. So. Um, it's kind of like the border, you know, that you'll hear the same story over and over and over again about the border. And that story is true. There are a lot of people that go through anguish and pain trying to come here for a better life, but what's the rest of the story? You know, the rest of the story is that many of those people are trafficked. Um, many of them uh, have no choice. So there's many people coming over that border that are part of the cartels that are not good people trying to make a better life. Right. So that's an example. We we, that's the principle that we sort of followed with the first season on January 6th, is what are the parts of the story that you haven't been told? Mm-hmm. And Matthew Perna, um, you know, was a young man who had never been in trouble in his life. He was a Bernie Sanders fan until Trump came along, and, um, and he took his own life about 13 months after uh, he first found out that the FBI was looking for him. And really, Matthew Kerner's case should never even have gone to court, let alone have gone, uh, let alone, you know, prison, right? He should never have gone to prison. If you just look at what he did, which was, you know, was never accused of violence or charged with a violent crime. And um, we're really talking about three misdemeanors and the the 1512 felony count of obstructing an official proceeding of Congress, which really the um, Department of Justice has slapped on hundreds. And hundreds of January 6 defendants. If you went anywhere near the Capitol, and even for some people who haven't, they've had this felony charge um, uh, thrown at them Mm -hmm. um, to try to. The the department's approach has been to make everything as serious as possible, for the most part. And when you look at the way people uh, have been treated in the past, and uh, typically when you when it comes to civil disobedience, which is where you know. Laws are broken in the name of uh, protest, right, mm-hmm. in the name of some kind of cause or ideology. You could say a sit-in during the civil rights era, right. you know. If you're breaking the law, you're doing it out of your conscience, and you're not doing it out of criminal intent. Well, that's kind of like, you know, walking through the Capitol. You're not, you're not going—you didn't even know you were trespassing. You've got no mens rea, no criminal intent. Why are these people going to prison? Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's something in Washington, D.C. called um, um, it's post and forfeit, where, mm-hmm. you, where you basically get a fine and you walk away. Right. I mean, if you look at, for example, what happened in the federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon in 2020, when people were trying to burn down a federal building with federal agents inside – they were allowed to get away with no criminal record, basically a slap on the wrist as long as they agreed to stay out of trouble for a while. And and they could have killed people, mm-hmm. right, multiple uh, uh, people that were inside that building. So there's plenty of examples. We know that the vast majority of people who went into the Capitol on January 6th or who went to the Capitol or who went to the, went to the Trump rally, none of these uh, were intending to overthrow the government. They were not part of any insurrection, and they've never been charged with anything like insurrection or related to insurrection, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the government, by their own admission, if you look at the number of cases, um, you're talking about, what, over 1,150 cases of people charged at this Mm -hmm. point. And I don't think it's more than uh, 10 or 15 in the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers cases. Let's just go wild and say it's 20, 25, 30. What, What is the percentage of people that have ever had any charges related to overthrowing the government? Mm-hmm. And so what we wanted, you know, what we wanted to do was to try to tell the stories that weren't being told mm-hmm. and the stories that we thought, um, really mattered. Matthew Perna's story really mattered to us because here you you have a very good person, um, mm-hmm. who, uh, is basically reduced to just a name on a page and dismissed and disregarded. And you've got people dancing on his grave, you know, falsely accusing him of all kinds of things. Right. And, um, and Matthew Purna should still be alive today. That's the reality. But he's mm-hmm. not the only one. You know, there was another young man um, who killed himself not that long ago. Um, he was who put, took his own life right after he was uh, told that he was being charged. Um, and uh, there are others. So right. this is we, we see Matthew Purna as being representative of many people in relate, relating to January 6th. People right. whose and, lives have been destroyed in one way or another for political reasons, really.
1: And really didn't, they had a, a, a they knew that Matthew Perna was a suicide risk when they threw him into yes. jail. Now, see, that to me is yes. so outrageous, right. you know. Well,
0: in fact, the prosecutor had requested a mental health evaluation uh, from Matthew Perner's defense attorney, and he was, you know, he was very polite about it. He said if you, if Mr. Perner would agree, you know, he thought that that, in one of his uh, emails to the attorney, which we saw, he, um, he said, I think it would help my supervisors understand this this case better if they had an assessment, you know, had some insight into Matthew Perner's mental health status. So um, obviously that was, he was asking for that because it had been raised. Matthew Prince's mental health status had been raised by many people. It had friends and family calling into the attorney or writing to his attorney. Matthew had um, had told uh, many people in his life that he uh, couldn't take it anymore, that he was going to kill himself. And um, and the psychologist who did the mental health evaluation confirmed that Matthew was at risk of taking his own life, of hurting himself, um, said the psychologist said moderate risk, but nevertheless still at risk. And mm-hmm. also, importantly, the psychologist said that Matthew Kerner was at no risk of uh, reoffending. you know, and mm. they actually had no uh, criminal intent at the time that he committed his offense of walking through the Capitol for um, 10 to 14 minutes. So, um, yes, the Department of Justice knew perfectly well, and it was right at the last minute, basically, the 11th hour before Matthew was about to be sentenced, that they requested a delay to his sentencing hearing so that they could um, prepare the documents to push for more time, a more severe sentence. Because something that federal government is allowed to do, the Department of Justice is allowed to do, and they can do this to anybody, not just January 6th defendants, is that they can ask for sentencing enhancements, So they can mm. ask for upward adjustments or departures from the sentencing guidelines. That, and uh, like for example, they can ask for a terrorism enhancement and that adds a significant number of points to your score and the higher your score is walking into the sentencing court you know in the sentencing that means you're going to get a, a, a worse sentence mm-hmm. and um, they're allowed to do this so even if they can't charge you with te- terrorism, they don't have enough evidence to charge you with terrorism because logically if they did they would have charged you with that crime. Right. They can still get a, a terrorism enhancement added to your sentence, so they sentence you and punish you mm-hmm. for crimes uh, that they uh, consider as being terrorist-related, but they don't ever convict you of Come that on. crime because they couldn't prove it, right? They didn't Come have on. the evidence to support it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really something Matthew Krenn's case has brought to light, something that um, obviously affects many people in this country, but we typically just don't care about Mm criminals, right? So if it happens to someone who's a criminal, most of the time we just don't pay attention. Mm
1: -hmm. People
0: don't listen to people in jail.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, I have a prison ministry, so I go in every week and I know what's going on in there. So I'm excited about you having the guts to put this out because let's face it, the mainstream media, which you are a very big part of, you know, Emmy Award and 60 Minutes, all that jazz, they don't want to cover this story. Uh, particularly this yeah. january 6th story and it's so outrageous i tell my listeners all the time how do they expect us to vote if we don't even have factual information about candidates it's all like personality stuff you know, you either like them or you don't like them you're either on the left or you're on the right and i don't feel like i get a lot of information except from you and maybe i go to the free press all the time barry weiss and those people who are outside of the mainstream media.
0: Yeah, well, you touched on something actually quite significant, um, which is this: censorship isn't just the silencing, you know, of people; it's also the absence nice. of information. Right? It's what's never covered. Mm-hmm. Because we're we're being intimidated into self-censorship, or mm-hmm. journalists know better, producers know better. Not they know don't suggest doing a story on that because you're you're going to be it's going to be you know regarded very poorly. Mm-hmm. So what happens is people like Matthew Perna are never human, nice. right? You never know anything about them. All you know is Matthew Perna went to the Capitol on January 6th and he killed himself, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You don't know that Matthew Perna. Um, you know, as a young man worked uh, for a family friend who had a catering business, this man, you know, happened to be uh, black or African-American, whatever you prefer. And and that's the person that Matthew was so close to. He asked him, he left a note for him and trusted him to be the person to find his body. Mm. You know, you don't know that Matthew Pernod, when he was in his one of his first jobs and they were doing a round of company layoffs, that he voluntarily went to his bosses and and offered his job, gave up his job, so that an older guy that he worked with could keep his. Yeah. Right? You don't know that Matthew Poorna gave up everything he uh, he had built a life in South Korea where he had a, a girl he was you know very much in love with and a job he loved and everything. And his mother got leukemia and he rushed home to come and nurse her and did nurse her through uh, leukemia. You know, and in that, in the course of doing that, he discovered alkaline water, and he was selling these machines that soaked the water and make it alkaline. Mm-hmm. And then he had a lot of cancer patients that wanted to buy those machines couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. So Matthew would get these plastic containers. You know, his aunt and others in the family told us how he was constantly on the phone, you know, asking, do you have anything for me? And he would fill them with alkaline water, and he would drive them to people's doors, you know, mm-hmm. people he'd never met, cancer patients who too sick and, and too poor to afford that water themselves. Now, this is not the narrative, right,
1: no. of
0: your xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, uh, racist, evil Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. That's the, that, they want you trapped inside that narrative. Right. And by, the most, in, in some ways, the most dangerous thing that I do is just being honest about right. who people are. Mm-hmm. Earl Roseanne Boyland, um, we spent a lot of time on her, on her death. And some people listening to this may not know her name. They may not know what happened to Roseanne. But she is the person who died on January 6th, um, almost on the steps of the Capitol, mm-hmm. and um, was badly beaten by the Capitol Police when she was unconscious and unarmed on the ground, you know, not moving, nice. by being, um, being smashed in the head with a baton. And Roseanne Boylan, you know, is just an, another name. Right. Mm-hmm. Those who have heard of her, um, all they know is what the government said, which was that she died of a drug overdose, which was an absolute lie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, when we spent time, you know, going to Georgia, um, Atlanta, Georgia, where, where Roseanne was from, and meeting with her family and her friends, you know, it was a real, um, it was a real revelation because mm-hmm. Roseanne Boylan turned out to be nothing like. You know, her photographs and the stories and the news, the And right. she was this really funny, irreverent, lovable um, woman who, um, who had some pretty cool friends. I mean, mm-hmm. she hung out with cool people, you yes. know? And it was, it was um, a real pleasure getting to spend some time with them and to know them. But mm-hmm. again, you know, that, that brings people to life, it makes them real and human. And people on all sides of the political aisle care when you do that. They pay attention. It might not change everybody's opinions. Maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't change anything at all. I don't know. That's not my job. My job is I I just know as a human being that when when it's much it's much harder to uh, to be behind about things when the nuance is part of the story.
1: Right. Well, but, you know, look, I don't have to tell you, journalism is on life support right now. Um, And if not for someone like you and a handful of others, we would not know these names, we would not know these stories, and we would be unprepared for what I believe is coming. I mean, I think at this point, uh, I don't trust the Department of Justice, and I'm concerned about my personal safety. Any of us who do something that's a little um, either right or left of center, uh, there's a target on everybody's back. And I never felt that way before. So it, it's a different time. I always had journalists I could read and get the whole story from, you know, Paul Harvey used to say he's yeah. the rest of the story. And now it's like you and, and three others. It's kind of slim pickings. But thank you so much for what you do. Now they can see this on X, right? That's where I saw the first one.
0: Yes, you can see it on X. It's also online at Sovereign Media. Um, And you'll be seeing it at more places. I know Steve Bannon's been streaming the episodes when they come out. Yeah, I think Um, I'm going to
1: embed it. It's
0: going to be streaming them. Um, we, We want as many people as possible to see it. There's no paywall.
1: Right, I'm gonna embed it at the website myself because I think it's, it's right. The kids you. want the kids, the, the people. <laughs> I call them my kids, my listeners. They want to see it. Lara, thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, I want you to know um, mm-hmm. we went, you
0: know, all over the country uh, to tell these stories and meeting people, and it was quite something. I went to places I'd never heard of, mm-hmm. and it, it really, um, it really was a, it was a breathtaking experience in many ways. And you've been all over the world. You can go Yeah. I just love you can go to these random little places, you know? Uh And you sit there and you talk to people and they may not have a Harvard law degree or, you know, a big Washington firm behind their name or you know, maybe they don't uh they don't go, you know, to work um in New York every day and and, uh and trade in, in millions of dollars but boy people everywhere they know the difference between right and wrong yes. and uh, they're not stupid mm-hmm. and I just um, I just found it, it truly impressive how mm-hmm. um, how principled people are even when they have nothing right. even in the face of the just the power of the justice department power of the state power of the media all these things are being brought down on them crushing them and they're still standing yeah. and I, I think I think that, for me, was just a very moving part of being involved in this. And I I believe that when people see that, mm-hmm. um, they're going to take something of their own from it, you know? Yes,
1: absolutely. They really
0: are. They really are. They're going to be—it really it tells, you how, tells you how the ordinary people stand up, you know, when they're called to go and fight, for example, in the Second World War, you know? Ordinary yeah. people who weren't yeah. soldiers were asked to go and do— um, yeah. great things in, in, in the name of freedom and they did it they right. rose to the occasion and some of them surpassed everybody else
1: yeah and Look.
0: I really feel like I met some of those people doing this series well, you know? we're gonna we're gonna um, make
1: sure that everybody gets to see it Lara thank you so much for the work keep on doing what you're doing all right thank you all right you take care all right, and that's, uh, um, you got to see the second episode. I saw the first, it was riveting. But let me take a break. I'm very late on this break, but she was just too interesting to stop. I'll be right back. Well, I pretty much uh, just, <laughs> just did away with my entire uh, ending of the show, but that's okay, because that was fascinating. You must go to either X or Sovereign and watch the first episode, and then I'm going to try to get the second episode embedded somewhere on my page because it is definitely uh, fascinating. And we we should know all the facts, both sides, that's all. So I thank you for your time, this time until next time. I don't take it for granted that you spend this hour with me every day. Um, And my plan is to be back here tomorrow at three o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us so wherever you are just be yourself i have to finish the last chapter of killing the witches bill o'reilly will be my guest tomorrow his newest book is called killing the witches and it was wow you know he these i'm fascinated by the killing series so may god bless you And may God bless all the journalists who are still trying to be journalists and may God bless America. See you tomorrow. The Joyce
0: Kaufman podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.